Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learnings on is Ivan. And it's me, Rachel and Lindsay. Rachel. <sighs> What's going on, man? So we have What's to do pleasantries, but just to let people we know, do. there's been a flurry of news that has popped up before we before we've done the podcast. A flurry. Also, we're recording this podcast earlier than we normally do, which I am loving because so much has popped off this morning that you're really getting our first reactions to it. We haven't had even had time to barely have coffee this morning before all of this is popping off. At least on the West Coast. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> as, as a matter of fact, I have to tell a coffee story. Go ahead. Okay. So this is, so it's Kalika's birthday, as people know. Mm-hmm. Kalika Abrams, it was her birthday. And, you know, she likes coffee. You know, so I thought. So I was going <laughs> to go and surprise her. Because here's the thing with me. I'm not a good gift giver. I try, okay? okay? I try to be a good gift giver. I try to give good, thoughtful gifts. But almost every gift I give, it ends up going back. It's just the way that it goes. This is compared to her being a fantastic gift giver. Like in weirdo type ways, weirdly good at giving gifts. So I thought that I had it this year. Okay. Back on March 30th, actually, no, February 21st, I have it right here. I made a note, and the note was called Kalika's birthday gift. Oh, that's nice you started early. Yeah, because. She was talking about how she had to stop and get coffee and how the coffee was uh, something that she needed, but she had to have the coffee. She couldn't get the coffee. The coffee was always getting, she drinks coffee, coffee, coffee. Whenever we go somewhere, we got to find a Starbucks. It's coffee, this coffee, that coffee, this. Mm -hmm. So guess what I said to myself? I said, I am going to get a coffee maker for her. All right. So okay. I go to Crate and Barrel. There are two coffee makers. I had a $1,000 budget for the coffee maker. What kind of coffee are you getting? Drip coffee? Like, like the, the French, what's the French press? That's what I meant. French press? I could have I hit you with a jab there, Rachel, but I'm going to let you slide. The, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't hit you with a jab there. Very obvious jab. But I'm going to let you slide. Thank okay? you. Tell people your story. Are up, people are up in arms about the speculation of what, about what's going on over in your house. It's all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> all right. So I go there. This is a $1,000 coffee maker. And the lady, I said, that's my budget. It's $9.99. Give me the coffee maker. Karen at Crate and Barrel said, no, you don't want this one. I was like, why? She said, because this one only makes coffee and espresso. Does she like mochas? And I was like, yes. If she likes mochas, then you need this one. It's the upgraded version of this one. So it has a little compartment where you put the milk in, 
The milk is right there. The milk goes in there. Espresso milk, mocha, all of the chocolatey stuff. This is the one that you need. Okay, I said, how much is it? It's $1,700. Jesus. It's her birthday. I say, fuck it. Fuck it. Give it to me. Buy the coffee. Put the coffee maker in the crate and barrel box. Get the little separate milk compartment where you pour the milk in there and the milk can stay in there for up to four hours because it's refrigerated. I bought a separate milk refrigeration compartment to go to the coffee maker. There's no way we can miss with this gift. I bought her Starbucks to the crib. She's got it in the crib. Birthday comes. I bring the coffee maker to her. She opens up the crate and barrel box. First words, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> What? What? Like, what is this? Oh, like, what, like, like, what is this? What? Like, what is this? Like, oh, so like it's got a coffee maker. How much was this? Was, you know, now how much? What was? Was like, it's, you know, it's your birthday. Hey, it's your birthday. It's like you know, with taxes, two thousand dollars. Oh no, uh uh-uh. uh, no. First of all, I'm more of a tea person. What? <laughs> I know you drink tea, but you talk about coffee. No, I'm more of a tea person. So now I have another piece of embarrassment. Because I got to go see Karen at Crate and Barrel. Karen had made <laughs> a perfect sale. Karen had $2,000 for the coffee maker, plus another like $350, $400 for the little milk thing, plus the upgraded shit on everything. And the whole nine, I'm about to hit Crate and Barrel for a $2,500, $2,600 return this morning. And they not going to have a good Monday. I really should wait. Because here's the thing. Retail, well, you know what? It's better to do it earlier in the week. Because at Best Buy, when they would have those returns, mm-hmm. if they bring them to you at the end of the week where you feel like your comps are good for the week and all of that stuff, it fucks you up. You want to go in there and return that stuff at the beginning of the week, early in the morning, so they start off with the deficit that they can make up rather than returning it at the end of the day where they think that they've made all their comps and all of a sudden you take $2,000 out of the the, the year-to-day budget. So I know when to return it. It's a compassionate return. Beginning of the week, early in the day, they're going to start off $2,500 in the hole, but hopefully they can catch somebody else. And it hurt. I'm not gonna lie, man. It hurts. It hurts. This, this me... is what turns you to this is what turns you to a gift card, nigga. It Stop. Hurts. Well, you can't go wrong with the gift card. I will say that. Um, especially if you know you're not a good gift giver. It's like, let me let me let them know I was thinking about them, but let let them make the ultimate decision. I will compliment you though, because I feel like you deserve a compliment. That's really thoughtful that. Two months, you listened to what she said and then you wrote it down and you like made a point to get something that you felt like would enhance and make her day easier. That's actually a like, let me compliment you for a second. However, please don't spend $2,000 on a coffee machine. <laughs> that is wild. Give me the, give me the 2000. Let me figure out what to do Gee. with the two. But I, but 
you do deserve a compliment. And I have to give you that because that's actually really sweet. Guess what? Never happened again. I tell you what. I mean, I'm not <laughs> mad about it. She gets to decide what she wants for her birthday. Yeah. And, like, really what's But I'm, I'm sure she it. appreciated the fact that, like, you really took that initiative because that's nice. I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to stereotype, but I feel I've never had a guy that was just like this outstanding gift giver. And I feel like women are a little like a little bit more of like, oh, I heard him say that. That's why I'm complimenting what you did, because like that's a like we love that. And I feel like we just are like, huh, like really think about it. But to be honest, I'm not a great gift giver either. Yeah, I mean, that's. I don't think that's a stop. Slash. Stop before you do anything. <laughs> I've thrown, I've thrown Brian a surprise birthday party. I've done no. I, I just like procrastinate on it, and I wish I would think it out a little bit more. But I'm, but I'm, I'm a good gift giver I for Brian. More than anything, for Brian, when you, when you feel like you have the perfect gift, and then it's not, there's it's just like this punch. feeling like, like, <laughs> and then, and then. I got to say something about Bozeman. Bozeman is being sassy. He's getting, he's becoming an adult dog. So he's being sassy. So I bring the coffee maker home. And, you know, whenever I bring a box home, I let Bozeman inspect the box. Okay. You know, it's here, Bozeman, inspect the box. Bozeman inspected the box and he went, he literally went, hmm. And I'm like, I literally, I look back at him like, oh, you think, it's too, you. you think it's too much? And he was like, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my God, is Bozeman trying to tell me that the coffee maker is too much? So I go in there, I put it back in there, and he just kind of sits down and he looks at me. I'm like, he doesn't like it. And I freaked out for a second. I'm like, fam, what are you talking about? It's a dog. It's like, you're, you're going nuts here. You spend too much time with the dog. So when it was her birthday, I bring it in there, and he sits down, and he, he puts his, his paws on, on top of each other like this, mm-hmm. and he's just watching. And then when she opens it up, he goes, like, I told you, nigga. Like, I told you that was too much. That's too big of a box for mom. What's wrong with you? You compensate. Anyway. He tried um, did you get? Did you get, I heard you guys had a nice karaoke situation. I heard We it had fun. a fantastic time. So first I stopped by, well, first I had the LA Book Festival, which I just, is always just such a fun time. Shout out to Jamel, ran to Jamel there. Um, yeah, it's just like really great bunch of authors are there, all different genres of books. It's free. It's at the USC. Some of the panels aren't free, but it's just like a really good time. The weather was perfect. So I was there. I sat on a panel with incredible women um, who have really interesting fiction novels. Um, and then I went to Tracy's fifth anniversary, Tracy Thomas, of her um, uh, her podcast, The Stacks Podcast. If you guys haven't checked that out, you should. I uh, went to the fifth anniversary to celebrate her. That was really great. It was at Reparations Club, which is a fantastic bookstore, record store. Um, shout out to the owner, Jazzy, that I met there. And then I went to Kalika's party for karaoke, and we had ourselves a time. We had, crazy. we had a good time. Despite the lack of musical selection at this place, we turned it out. We, it was funny because we'd be like, oh, we want to hear this. They're like, oh, they don't have that. They don't have that. But it didn't matter because all genres were covered. Everybody grabbed the mic. Everybody was dancing to celebrate Kalika. It was a good time. Good group of women. 
Yeah. Seems like you guys had a lot of fun. All girls. Always. And another thing, I threw a birthday party for Kalika before. She came back and she said this was the best, best birthday I ever had. <laughs> 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 Wait, I didn't even okay. say anything. I didn't even say anything. Did she tell you this that the night of? The night of and the next morning. I didn't okay, even say well, anything. Well, I didn't we were drunk. Know. We oh, were drunk. Know. I didn't. So she came. We were drunk. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Safe the night of. We were drunk. We were shot. I, up. I came in. I was like, I got to catch up. Shot, 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 shots. Yeah. I, <laughs> I Uber. I was like, in the back <laughs> of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I remember when I had the chef come out and, you know, we rented the little space and we threw the whole nine and we did a, 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 a slideshow and all of that stuff. We had Stop. Dinner it's not about you. Because you remember that? Like I just remember, I remember like all of that stuff. And it's like, nah. It's like, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not. But I tell you what, I can tell you something right now. Y'all creating monsters, man. Y'all creating I, oh, I, you guys are creating me. a couple of woe monsters. Woe is me, man. You guys are creating a couple of monsters. Cause what's what's gonna end up happening is it's gonna be, it's gonna be the the lethal weapon crew. Me and Brian. Lethal weapon, Riggs what and Murtaugh. What did I do to Brian? <laughs> what did I do? I, I'm starting I, to think you're behind the account. I'm starting to think you're behind the account. <laughs> oh, by the, the the account has gone. Everybody has seen the account now. Yes, I, you I, you gave this troll a lot of attention. I, I reported the account. I'm not gonna lie, because when I, I didn't even, <laughs> did I, I, I did. So I did. So because I hadn't seen, I only see the ones when I get tagged. Uh-huh. So I didn't see them all. And so somebody, there are people that like keep me, a, stop sending me everything that's going on in the <laughs> All right. But so I actually did see the whole account. And they're not just yes. tagging me, they're tagging Nina. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so I <laughs> all reported my friends, the account. Katie, Whitney, Alexis, Van, what? Nina, everybody. I'm like, I, I didn't know that it was that big of a, I, so I had to, I reported the account. I was like, I, it's, I had to report it. I'm like, this is that's- not... Thanks, man. Good. So, have you? Uh, do you have you dealt with this type of trolling? Like um, forever. Yeah, yeah. Since I did the show, absolutely. I don't know. It just kind of rolls off my back. It's just ridiculous. It, it's a little scary because yeah, it's like course. this person knows every move I make and listens to every single thing that I do. And I don't know if it's one person or if it's multiple people. I have no idea. But yeah, I've been. It used to be a lot worse. I was dealing with this a lot right, right when I came off the show. Did you watch the fight? Did you get a chance to watch the fight? No, I was I was celebrating. Um, Kalika. It. It's me and Bozeman. We, we, we hung out and had a sports night. Oh, we, you didn't invite we, the guys over? No, no. Because, he, because the reason why is because Steve is out of town. And then for Jomi... The fight was on the same time at the same time as the Lakers game, so okay. the Lakers game extended past the fight. However, I'm not going to miss one second of the fight because it could be over at any second. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be going back and forth between the fight and the Lakers game. I had to make a choice, so I watched the fight and then I turned on the Lakers. It was just me and Bose, just the fellas, just hanging out. You know what I mean? Bose comes over. It's like, Dad, you know, you gotta listen to me about these birthday gifts and stuff. I'm a dog. I know what a good gift is. You know what I mean? Like, you have to understand. I know what's happening. Um, you and Brian so should have been together. 
He was home Where with was the dogs at? too. At home, watching the fight with the dogs. Our lives are so pathetic. <laughs> Our lives are so <laughs> pathetic. Brian and me. The pathetic Please. brothers. We're going to Cabo. <laughs> this summer is out, boy. This summer's about to be up. It's about to be up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna impose my will on him. I'm gonna show up to his shit. I'm gonna pop up like at the, I'm gonna rent a car. We got because we it's time for some midlife crisis shit for us anyway. I'm gonna pop up at his, <laughs> at his chiropractor's. Yeah. I'm gonna pop pop up at his chiropractor's office. I'm gonna rent like a Mustang. Because when niggas go midlife crisis, they never get the right shit. Right? They never rent the flyest cars of their day. They rent the flyest cars from when they were young. So, like, when you see somebody with a mid- that's really going through a midlife crisis, it's not like they pop up with a Benz or some shit that they can afford now. It's always like, hey, bro, look at this, man. Let me show you something. Like, what? Yeah, check this out. Nigga, is this a brand new 2003 Sebring? He's like, yeah, it's the, ca- it's, it's the car I always wanted. I'm like, bro, the fuck? Like, times have changed. If you go midlife crisis, midlife crisis is right. So I'm going <laughs> to pop up in like a... In like a in a 1999 5.0 Mustang, and we gonna ride around, fucking <laughs> listening to Jay Z, Hard Not Life Volume Two. Anyway, um, all right, a lot of stuff going on. Rachel had a great weekend. I had a fantastic weekend. Happy birthday to both Rachel and Kalika. Thanks. Uh, April 21st. Oh, can I just what? say this before people come at me? I spent my actual birthday with my husband Brian. We went. To a show downtown, we went to Cirque du Soleil. I love Cirque du Soleil. Uh-huh. Brian planned that on his own. I went. I didn't say, what is this? Why are we here? <laughs> I went and I actually really love Cirque du Soleil. I've been to several shows, but this was a new show. We went. It was a good time. Then we went to dinner. We had a great time, the two of us. And we came home. So I spent like a, had a nice chill. It's exactly what I wanted for my birthday. So before anybody says, where's Brian? What does she do with Brian? I spent the day with him. All right, let's get into it. Wait, just so we know, <laughs> you had fun. <laughs> yes, I had a great time. Did I not say that? <laughs> what a, be what like, a weird... Do you know what's so weird too? I what? was going to post on my birthday and I didn't. Because I wanted to post. All right, that's the one bark rule. I told the boys they had one bark and they're going up. So I'm about to put them up before we get into the big deal of the day. But I actually, this is sad. Trolls do affect my life. I waited till the day after my birthday to post so I could have a picture of Brian and I celebrating together at night. And I knew they, if I had posted several pictures, they would have said, where's Brian? Why didn't she celebrate with Brian? So I had to wait till the day after my birthday to post. And that's sad. Damn. That and is that's sad. sad. I really, truly. I was like, they're going to say something. We have to, I feel like part of it is that maybe we need to retire the bit here. It is a funny bit. <laughs> you know, but I think the bit I'm has okay. to be retired because... I don't no 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 no. It would it would con- not... it would continue regardless. For me, the way no, but the way oh. I live my life, it's like where's Brian? So I mean, I appreciate that, but yeah, 
It is. It's funny at times. I'm sorry. It is funny at times. I like. I like. You know why? Because it's so ridiculous. So I, I swear, come on, we would have a family meeting if it really bothered me. I swear it there doesn't was, bother me. Th- there was only one time that it was egregious, and you know what time that was. You know what time. I mean, I, I stand, I stand on it. There was one time when it was egregious. I, I stand on it, even to this day. Like Deontay Wilder, to this day I stand on it. That's I don't the basketball remember. Game. Egregious. The basketball game, egregious. Egregious. Wait, what basketball game? See? Oh, the See? court side. <laughs> egregious. <laughs> egregious. That's the they only time. They were my tickets. It don't matter. They were my don't tickets. Don't matter. I, we can, we, we, we got to go. You guys, uh, <laughs> shakeups. Shakeups. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Um, podcast is jam-packed, but we have to address breaking news um, on both CNN and on Fox News. or let me switch that on Fox News and on CNN. Uh, mm-hmm. Big deal of the day on the other side of this break. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Okay. First things first. Wake up this morning. Productive morning. Good. Woke up, rescheduled my training to three in the afternoon with C. Joel then. Had to wake up, clean up. It's birthday stuff all over the house. Got to clean it up. Took the dog out. All right. Took my Vivans. Took my meds. Water. The whole nine. Boiled some eggs. Later on. Going to have them. Fun. Come back. Shocking news. Tucker Carlson out at Fox News. And when I say out at Fox News, I don't mean that Tucker Carlson will be doing another week, another month, uh, another two months of shows in primetime on Fox News. It is over now. Right. Tucker Carlson has been on Fox News for the last time. Uh, Fox News Media says that it would be parting ways with Tucker Carlson, who's the host, of course, of Tucker Carlson Tonight, which is their 8 p.m. show and the highest-rated show in that time slot on cable news. His final show was Friday. Here's audio of Harris Faulkner announcing Tucker Carlson's departure from the network. We have some news from within our Fox family. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have mutually agreed to part ways. Tucker's last show was this past Friday. And starting tonight, Fox News Tonight will air live at 8 p.m. Eastern. It will be an interim show with rotating Fox News personalities until a new host is named. We want to thank Tucker Carlson for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a long-term contributor. A little somber there. Rachel, your thoughts? I mean, when the first news broke, Donnie broke it to me. I was like, this can't be true. So, of course, I go down a deep, dark hole looking at it. It's definitely true. We know this at this point. Obviously, we just heard Harris say that there. My first thought 
I think was what most people thought. This coming off the heels of the Dominion lawsuit, which settled almost a week ago, you think that this has something to do with that. But I think it's a combination of things because we do know that he was deposed in the Dominion lawsuit. We do know that they released the emails and texts, the, you know, before the settlement happened about, you know, the fact that he didn't believe the things that he was saying, how much he hated Trump. We know that Dominion's had, Dominion's attorneys had, um, listed about 20 episodes that appeared on Fox's network as evidence of defamation. A lot of them being Tucker Carlson's episodes. Um, But then I just started to think, too, I'm like, okay, we know that Tucker Carlson has said the most outrageous things to offend pretty much all walks of life except for white people on his show. And he has still maintained his position at Fox News. We know that he has one of the highest rated shows on cable television, if not the highest. We know that he brings in millions and millions of viewers per night. So we know that he makes Fox News a lot of money. So my first thought is, okay, this has to do with the settlement. Maybe this is pressure from Trump's camp. Maybe there are big sponsorships that are pulling out and saying that they, you know, you got to handle the Tucker Carlson situation or you're going to lose our money. Um, Or maybe it's something that we haven't even learned yet. And I think something a lot of people forget is that Tucker Carlson is in the middle of a lawsuit right now from a former employee of Fox News, Abby Grossberg. We haven't really talked about that on this podcast, but she's suing him over misogynistic and discriminatory, um, a discriminatory workplace culture. She says that he created. I mean, she goes as far to say that she discovered that the workspace when she arrived for her first day of working there, that the workspace was decorated with large pictures of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, at the time House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, wearing a swimsuit. That's how he had decorated the office. So there's a lot of claims in there that's still an ongoing case. So it could have something to do with that. My point is, is that when I first thought about this, I think it's something that we don't even realize yet. I don't think it's the Dominion lawsuit. I think it's something that we haven't learned yet. I think it could be related to this ongoing lawsuit. But whatever it is, it has to do with money. Because that's the only way Fox is going to act. So there are a couple of things. Um, One is that when this first, uh, when this first was broken, early on, I, I learned this in a couple of group chats that I was in. I started to dig around and um, and kind of ask a lot of people's different opinions on this. So we do know that Tucker Carlson has some, or at least has been talk about him having some political aspirations. So I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't see him on another network. Uh, as quickly as you saw him announce that he's either uh, running for president or joining some ticket, um, joining Trump's ticket. His ego might be a little bit too big to to, to be vice president. Uh, but there are people that I spoke to this morning that said he 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 might be running. He might be deciding. So to you run think so you're saying that you think that this might not have been his. De- this might have been his decision. No, um, I think what I'm saying is that there was talk about what his future would be. And a lot of people talked about that perhaps this had to do with politics. Uh, That was one of the responses. Um, The more I dig into it, the more people that I talk to, the more this does seem like, to your point, 
um, an entire set of circumstances that have made him more of an issue at Fox than uh, a sort of an attribute to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But of those issues, the Dominion lawsuit is certainly one of the biggest. A lot of this pressure, and we kind of didn't get a chance to dive into it as as deeply as we should have, a lot of this pressure is going to come or be coming from Fox shareholders. These Fox shareholders who are readying lawsuits against Fox and have sued Fox in the past. See, when you pay out billion-dollar settlements or even $90 million settlements or all the settlements in the past that they've had to pay on behalf of Roger Ailes, on behalf of uh, Bill O'Reilly, on behalf of these guys, now you're looking at a billion-dollar settlement that was paid to Dominion more money that's being paid, that probably will be paid to Smartmatic. Then on top of that, you have more lawsuits, like you say, at certain at a certain point, to avoid more Fox paying out more money, not just to all of these various companies and these people, but to their shareholders, they feel compelled to 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 serve somebody up. They feel compelled to say, okay, well, if you don't bring suit or if as part of a settlement internally with shareholders or something like that, we will give you Tucker Carlson. Um, and a lot of people feel like it's that. But I can tell you one thing right now. If there is no Dominion settlement, if there's no Dominion settlement, no Dominion lawsuit, Tucker Carlson's on the air tonight. And there are very few people who I've spoken to who don't believe that that's the case. And and even if and and so I'm, I'm I'm serious. Like we, the this was reported on Puck, and Puck is an amazing source for insider. It was broken on Puck for for insider information, for for insider news, uh, not just here in Hollywood, but in politics, anywhere that media exists. Uh, and a lot of the people in and around there have talked about kind of what that meant and what the tumult at Fox surrounding each individual scandal that ends up costing the money, what it means to a lot of people who stand to make money with Fox and sort of what it means to the future of the network. So it's very unlikely that had they just not had to pay like almost a billion dollars that he that he wouldn't be on Fox tonight. I agree. I agree. And that's why I say it's a combination of it, because he wasn't the only news anchor who had to be deposed um, or whose episodes were used. But that combined with all the other things surrounding Tucker Carlson, I think, got him the boot. And we talked about Smartmatic on the last episode, but Lou Dobbs lost his show after the Smartmatic lawsuit was filed because he's specifically named as a defendant in that. And so, of course, their Fox is like, oh, they were going to cancel his show anyway prior to the lawsuit. The fact that the lawsuit's filed, the fact that, as you pointed out and laid out in the last podcast, that this is an even bigger suit, and we already know they're asking for more money, Lou Dobbs being named a defendant, bam, there goes his show. So, I, I mean, either way it goes, I was shocked by this news. And I think Tucker was as well, because as it was reported, they're showing how he ended his show on Friday, which 
does please me that his last show was on my birthday. He said, see you guys Monday. Yeah. And, and so he fully expected to be back. Fully. Yeah. Uh, either that um, or he was covering or he or he was covering. I don't think so. He knew the writing was on the wall. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. But I also think that this brings up you you mentioned that, you know, he'll go on to what another show, another network, whatever it may be. Um I foresee him, I do, I think that's gonna happen too, but it makes me nervous of who's gonna take his spot. And are they going to feel like they need to be just as outrageous to attract those same viewers, if not more than Tucker had? Or he goes to another network and he's even more unhinged because of what happened to him. And now he's looks at himself as a victim in all of this because he got let go based on pressure from whatever it may be. I think it's even, even no more dangerous. There's no other network. Okay. He won't um, go anywhere else. That Tucker Carlson will make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars as a voice for as long as he wants to be a voice. That is certain. Um, if I mean, you can make a hundred million dollars right now being on Rumble, uh, being at the Daily Wire. Just media has changed. To be really, really super paid, you don't really need to be on one of these networks. Alex Jones was making the money that he was making, basically being direct to consumer through uh, YouTube, through selling shady uh, supplements to his people, um, and through his own website. So, Tucker Carlson. So, another platform. another platform. Another platform. Another platform. Um, he's been with CNN before. He started with CNN. He was on Crossfire sure. back in the day. I don't imagine CNN being willing to touch Tucker Carlson right now. And it's not because of his politics, it's because of the fact that he's been willing to lie and mislead to a degree. That if another huge, reputable news operation like CNN or NBC or CBS were to hire him, they would automatically take a hit in their legitimacy and their seriousness um, in reporting the news because Tucker Carlson has ruined his reputation as a serious newsman anywhere outside of the Fox sphere or the far right bubble that he's uh, resided in for X amount of years. So, all in. Um, Newsmax, all of those places right there, Daily Wire, The Blaze, all of those spots. He's the, he'll never end up on OAN or Newsmax because uh, it's too small for him. Those places are too fringe uh, for a caviar eater like himself. Um, however, some of the other spots that we're talking about that where people are really serious and they get paid a lot of money, I could see him ending up there or I could see him striking out and going the entrepreneur route and starting his own situation, which would be a pretty formidable. Yeah, I see you know? that. Or, or, or if this was really about politics and Tucker Carlson uh, decided to leave Fox because he's going to stage a run of some sort, he might be back on Fox um, if it's about that and not about everything else. I don't suspect that it is. But mm. I, just as the Dominion situation, I caution people not to, uh, I caution people not to, to overlook the significance of this. These guys pop up all the time, right? You thought it was a win with O'Reilly? No. There's going to be somebody at 8 p.m. at night talking shit, doing this, th this stuff over at Fox, and that person's going to be wildly successful. Uh, it was Bill O'Reilly for a little while, and then Glenn Beck came on Fox. 
not in that same time slot, but he challenged actually O'Reilly's domination of the, the the airwaves there and the the market share of ideas there. And he got hot for a second. Then he left and he started the blaze. Then Tucker Carlson, who was sort of a George Bush Republican for many years, he was the bow tie wearing almost moderate, not quite yeah. on the fringes of those things and pivoted to being the 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 sort of far right mascot that he is now so that he could ingratiate himself to the Fox audience. So somebody else will do that. The question is whether or not the things that Fox News is and has gone through, whether or not they'll fundamentally change the apparatus there. Mm. And obviously there's skepticism and should be skepticism from anybody intelligent about that, but it can't be dismissed offhand. It can't be dismissed offhand that they'll have to be at least a little bit more buttoned up, not about the culture that they've created there. Not about the culture. The culture is always going to be kowtowing to the, the fringes of, of, of the right to provide cover for them and also about a sort of populism uh, in their coverage. Not necessarily journalism, but more populism in, in, in their coverage. That, that much will always stay the same. However, the 2020 election lies were lies. They weren't mm-hmm. dog whistles. They weren't... Um, they weren't misleading statements. They weren't covering a story with the bias. Bill O'Reilly once got Pepsi to drop Ludacris because he painted Ludacris out to be this crazy, horrible, vulgar rapper. And we know from our cultural IQ that that's not true of Ludacris, even though he says all the curse words, he's got all the move bitches. We know that that wasn't really his image. So it's an intellectual lie. But letting people say that, that, that Dominion's voting systems were hacked is an actual lie. Mm-hmm. And there at least has to be some understanding that uh that the actual material into the actual material falsehoods that would exist on a platform that big, that there's some sort of uh of repercussions or consequences for those. And so I don't know why we're so hesitant to take the victory. There's, they're in trouble over there. It's just a fact. Like, they're in trouble. Like, th- their ratings are still great. They're still powerful. But they're, all, I don't think they're in trouble over there. I don't think we're hesitant to, on the, on, with this, coupled with this news, I wouldn't say that people are hesitant to take the victory. I I have yet to see people say that this isn't a victory in the same way that if you're referring to the Dominion settlement. I think this, coupled with this, it's clear that there are deep-rooted issues within that network with all the lawsuits. Now one of your leading men is out. You've got to pay all this money. I think that there's a lot there. And I believe I saw that their shares went down today with the announcement of Tucker Carlson. So I don't think people aren't thinking this is some sort of victory. I think now people are like, okay, well, what else is now going to happen with Fox? I am very curious to your point of if things will change. I don't think so. Like as as far as the content that they put out or the way they put it out, I think that we will never see what we saw with Dominion again or Smartmatic. But I don't think that it will change 
their feelings towards certain things, them playing to a certain base and outrageous comments that are racist, homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic. I think we will still see all of that because those, those, that's how they think those are their opinions. But I don't think we will see the outright lies like we saw with Dominion and, and Smartmatic. They're still going to be Fox. Um, so Don Lemon has been fired from CNN. That's the entire hit. Don Lemon out at CNN. Uh, terminated. This news comes after Variety published a story earlier this month uh, with on allegations, about allegations, should I say, that he mistreated his female colleagues over the course of his career there. And earlier this year, of course, he faced some backlash over widely criticized comments that he made on air about Republican presidential hopeful Nikki Haley. Don Lemon announced this news on Twitter. He said he is stunned. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought someone in management would have the decency to tell me directly. CNN had a statement. CNN and Don have parted ways. Don will forever be a part of the CNN family, and we thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. We wish him well, and we'll be cheering him on in his future endeavors. Don Lemon has been one of the most recognizable voices and faces to America in the, the CNN primetime slot. Recently made a move from that primetime show that was uh, really, really popular and very influential, particularly during the Trump years, to uh, a morning show which has had a more difficult time catching on in the space. Uh, Don himself, like we just talked about, has had a difficult time keeping his head above water in terms of the different scandals or uh, or slip-ups or really issues that, that he's had since the morning show has, uh, has been on the air. Rachel, were you surprised by this? I was not surprised that, that CNN let Don Lemon go. I was surprised that the information came out right after we found out about Tucker. It was like, boom, boom. That's, it was the timing of it that's shocking to me. But I feel like CNN has almost been preparing us that this was going to be happen sooner than later. I mean, he got removed from his primetime show to a morning show, a, a show that was his. That was his show. Uh, you know, he was the only one there. The sole focus was him. They cancel that show, move him to the morning show where he has to share the stage with Poppy and Caitlin, Caitlin, much like 30 years old. Um, not that that makes a difference. I'm just saying like, she's more up and coming, emerging, not as popular, not as much as a figure like, and Poppy as a figure like Don Lemon. And I think that that was a hit to his ego. Then we saw him continuously make comments that were offensive, particularly to women on the show. Nikki Haley, he talked about the soccer team needed to be paid. Uh, the men's soccer team should be paid more than the women's soccer team. Then all of that, after that, those comments come, there's rumors that he's not getting along with his, um, what would I call them? Co-workers. What, what would I call them at the table? Not co-workers, co-workers but- Colleagues. 
thank you. Colleagues that he's sharing mm-hmm. the show with, he's not getting along with them. He allegedly yelled at Caitlin and Poppy. He was, I think he wasn't there the next day when that happened. Like there's all this stuff that's coming out and it seems to be targeted at women. Then you get the Variety article that happened at the top of this month that there's been a history of this and several people over the years that he's been at CNN have been speaking out, even prominent names like Soledad O'Brien. Um, so there, it's almost like a buildup. So I'm not surprised that they parted ways with him because there just seemed to be too much surrounding Don. I don't know what's true and what's not, but there just seemed to be a lot of talk. So, and let's just be honest, especially being a black man, like it doesn't take much for them to pull the rug from underneath you. So I'm just saying with all of this being out there, it's not shocking. You? Um, yeah. I mean, no, I was shocked. I was shocked that it actually happened. Um, I know Don. Uh, I've never been in the workplace in, in CNN, so I don't know how Don treats his colleagues. Right. I don't think there was anything wrong with what he said about the, the men and women's soccer team. I thought that that was incredibly overblown. Um, right, but it, but it was, it had a big reaction, that's my point. Had a big reaction. Um, I agree with him on that, but it, in terms of the Nikki Haley thing and other things, I think maybe Don had maybe a problem adjusting to sure. morning, which is a different audience, a different rhythm um, than it is at night. Uh, remember now, Don has been controversial or criticized for, for sure. Myriad things. Remember, he went to the the, the Ferguson riots. And he had the Louis Vuitton on, and he said that there was a smell of marijuana in the air. And Rachel's laughing. Uh, and, you know, some people had an issue with that <laughs> even, even then. Uh, but he's been really... They're on top of, of the roofs of car, the tops of cars. And um, obviously there's a smell of marijuana in the air as well. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. People were pissed. People were mad at them. But, you know, he was able to reclaim a lot, a lot of his cultural currency. The Sambo figure the in the, the back in the in the kitchen. Remember that? Yeah. A lot of a lot of his cultural currency in the run of the show from twenty fourteen on because he was just a reliable voice in terms of speaking to issues of the culture and really platforming people that you didn't really see on CNN a lot. Uh, once again, wasn't haven't been in CNN in any of these rooms. Don't know how Don Lemon treats his coworkers. Uh, can't speak to that. But what I can say is that, you know, for a long time, that was the go-to for people to, uh, for, for black people. Yeah, at night was Don Lemon's face. So whatever happened there or whatever went wrong there, it's probably a combination of whatever was going on away from the camera and the show and his trajectory with the network, period. CNN is not winning the ratings battle. They're probably looking to get younger. They're probably looking to turn the page on a lot of their personalities during the Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo era. Uh, and they might feel like they, they they have to finish that by that by moving on from him. You know, it's probably some soul searching going on over there. You know, I say they're trying to get younger. They're about to fuck, fucking put Charles Barkley on. That's what I was about so. to say. They're putting Gail yeah. and Charles on. on. Like, right. I don't think right. it's about getting younger at all. 
Right. Well, when I say getting younger, not necessarily getting younger, maybe turning the page from that era of people who are on CNN. Um, and look, it's it's just interesting that, you know, it's you could also make the argument that, you know, Don has had a lot of attention around him and some might consider him to be problematic, at least it seems behind the scenes in the workplace. Allegedly, I'm like you. I've had very good experiences with him in person. I cannot speak to what, you know, the the articles that um, that have come out. But you're bringing over Charles Barkley on live television. I'm just going to say, the man, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. (laughs) I don't think they're concerned about that. I think it's particular to Don for whatever reason. I'll also say this. Um, I'll also say this, just particularly about this this situation and Don Lemon. It would be a bad idea for Fox News to reach out to Don Lemon. Not to host the 8 o'clock show, because that's not going to fly. And I don't know if he would do it. Uh, in terms of go over to Fox News. But, you know, in the past, when Fox News was a right-leaning organization rather than uh, a far, before the far-right intellectual capture of the Republican Party, there were voices on Fox News. Mark Lamont Hill, I first met him, he was on Fox News as a contributor. I would see Mark Lamont Hill on the Bill O'Reilly show all the time, going back and forth with Bill O'Reilly. Uh, you had uh, Alan Combs on there. They Hannity and Combs. It wasn't just the Hannity show. It was Hannity and Combs. And Hannity and Combs was it, Hannity on the right and Combs on the left. You know, it, I'm not, I'm never saying, I'm not saying that Fox wasn't always Fox. I'm saying that there's an era of the sort of Bush Republican Fox um, or mm-hmm. even the Newt Gingrich Republican Fox, and then there's what the Republican Party has become, and Fox has uh, has echoed that. And if there was any type of room for them to come back a little bit, they could throw some money at Don. I wonder if he would do it. Like I wonder, I wonder if he would if he would go over there. But Don on Fox News or uh, Don anywhere else, it'll be interesting to see what he does next. Seventeen years at one shop is it a long, be. long time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A T L A S S I A N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. 
Okay, we talked about the scandal and controversy surrounding Beef Star David Cho. Uh, Beef Star David Cho plays Isaac on the show. Beef has been watched by over 100 million people. It was Netflix's number one show. A lot of people love Beef. Ali Wong, Stephen Yun. Uh, fantastic show. I watched it all the way through. Uh, David Cho, in an interview in 2014, plays Isaac on the show, admitted to sexually assaulting a masseuse. He says that he was getting a happy ending and he made the masseuse give him oral. He pushed her head down and he described assaulting this masseuse and said that he liked it and it turned him off for some reason. That is what was said on the DVD ASA podcast back in the day. He had a backlash for it then. Uh, He maybe thought that it was over and he has received more backlash for it now. Rachel, if I remember, was pretty upset that the stars of the show hadn't said anything about it. Rachel and, now, and Netflix. And Netflix. They have now. Did you see what they said? I did. I All don't right. think you can talk about it without talking about the news that came out after. I can't comment okay. on my apology rating until we talk about the other stuff. Okay, so let's get into the apology or the acknowledgement of the scandal uh, from Stephen Yoon, Ali Wong, and the creator, Elise Lung Jin. Uh, the story David Cho fabricated nine years ago is undeniably hurtful and extremely disturbing. We do not condone this story in any way. And we understand why it's been so upsetting and triggering. We're aware that David has apologized in the past for making up this horrific story. And we've seen him put the work in to get the mental health support he needed over the next decade to make himself better and learn from his mistakes. That in and of itself seems like we knew it, we've seen it, but we've also seen David. We don't believe that he actually did that, and he's better now. You're saying that that on its face would have been sufficient for you. Did Hold on. Let me no, it was not sufficient to me. But let me (laughs) let me hold on. Let me something you said. Where where okay, you said that it believed the story. Oh, because he says they say the story David Cho fabricated. So they're saying so okay, because there was something you said that they don't believe it's true. And I was like, did they say that? But they they said it was a fabricated story. Okay. I wanted them to say something. So for that, I will give them a two because I wanted them to say something and they did. But you said something, which is why I can't give it more. I said apology. You said apology acknowledgement. And it really is more of an acknowledgement than anything else. And it seems that this statement that was made is more about protecting their friend and their friendship than it is about a call out or a call in whatever people want to say. I don't like when people say they put in the work because my natural reaction is, and what was that? And what does that look like? Because I feel like the statements that were made on more than one occasion are so outrageous that I understand, I'm not going to speak to his mental health and I'm not going to, I can't speak to what he was going through or what he needed to work on in regards to that. But he impacted so many people that either knew it, 
that heard that at the time, heard that in 2017 when he acknowledged it again, or just heard it for the first time now. You have offended and, and, and triggered so many people, Black women, women, um, sexual assault survivors. And to me, I want to know if you put in work in regards to those audiences that you offended, not just on yourself. And if you have worked on yourself, I'm not saying you got to rehash the whole thing again. This is particularly to David. But why are you then using tools to take it down on social media so you can continue to hide it rather than at least confronting the situation of like, where are you? Where's your voice? I have done this, this and this. I know I was wrong. I know it was offensive. I blah, 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 blah. I know some of you are learning this for the first time. This is what I've nothing from him other than using legal tools to hide to hide from it all over again. I just so I am OK. I, I will give them a two for acknowledging it. But it seems like, yeah, we knew about this, guys. It wasn't true. He's worked on himself. Please continue to watch our our successful show on Netflix. That's how it feels. So what would you have wanted them to say? I mean, you just you, you explained well, what guess, you would have wanted him to do. I just want people to be specific. I want people to be specific, right? Like, call it out exactly for what it is. Let me pull up the apology again. The story of, of David Cho, blah, 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 blah. They're going on. It's deniable and hurt. it's undeniably hurtful and extremely disturbing to who? Who is it disturbing to? Who has it particularly offended? I would have liked some more them to be more specific in that. We don't condone it anyway. We understand why this has been upsetting. Why is it upsetting? I guess I just wanted more. Like I felt like and I know people are going to rip me apart for this because I wanted them to say something and, and they did. And I think it's and I think it's also that it took this long for them to say it. So it's kind of like, thanks, but no thanks. This happened a week ago and it's after it got all this attention on social media and people have put out more videos of David and people have been on them for not saying anything. Now you say something and this is all we get. I could have dealt with this better if this was the statement initially when it happened. But now that it's been a week and there's been more time to flesh this out, I need some, I need you to go in on why this is so offensive and hold your friend accountable since he seems to be hiding behind it in 2023. Because he seems to be saying, well, what I did in 2017 was good enough. I'm not talking about this again. But for some people, this is the first time they've heard it. Most, I would say most people, because beef is so successful. In 2017, I'm not sure that as many people knew who David was. But with the success of this show, couple his acting and his artwork in it, I think that more people are are impacted by this than before. Um so in addition to that, Steven Yun, who is just one of my favorite performers. I'm not even gonna bullshit you. Uh love him in everything that he does. He voices the lead character. In the animated show Invincible, does a fantastic job uh, in that show. He uh, is in Beef, which his performance in Beef was transcendent to me in a lot of ways. He's an incredible talent. Mm-hmm. He's been in a lot of things. We've seen him all over the place. Sorry to bother you, he's in. He's in um, uh, Nope, he was in. He is one of the rising talents in the town. Minari, I'm sure people, a lot of people very saw good. Very, very good. Uh, very good. Very um, good. There's a clip that uh that 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 was released with him 
and David Cho in the clip. And it seems they're making light of some sexual assault or issues around the same topics that Cho discussed on um, on the podcast. Here's the audio from that. Um, so the thing I wanted to ask you was, yeah. so I forgot if it was last season or the season before, it's because you guys do the mid-season mm-hmm. breaks, is the scene where um, you get tortured. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Like, there was a scene <laughs> where you and your girlfriend on the show get captured at the same time, and you're in the next room. Uh-huh. Like, I forgot the exact... Uh, Fuck, I should have researched like, it. Listening like, to her th- potentially getting raped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that is yeah. my number one jerk-off fantasy. So, uh, <laughs> Like, that was hot. Yeah, I was like... Wait, what's the fantasy? <clears throat> you hearing your girlfriend get raped? Well, let's just or say... Or a girl Let's raped. just say it happened in real life. So I tie myself up, and I can't move, and then I call someone to come rape my girlfriend. And oh, you're girl. a cuckold. Yeah, I cuckold myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a couple of things I'm wondering about this here. Okay. Um, number one, how do you feel like Steven Yoon's uh, conduct in that audio clip was? Inappropriate. I, I, I mean, he cackled, cackled twice in regards to that. Even like, if you thought the first thing was a joke, which I don't think that, then when he kept going with it, you laughed even harder. I just don't understand why people aren't taking this man for his word that sexual violence against women turns him on. It's not a one-off. It's a repeated occasion. He enjoys violence, sexual violence against women. I'm sorry, fool me once, fool me twice. This, like, why are we not taking him at his word? I just don't understand this. So the fact that, that now this recording coupled with what I said before, how can you say, and you knew, excuse me, you knew all this? How can you just stand by it being fabricated? I'm sorry. Right. So you believe that what he said about the story about the masseuse is real. I absolutely believe it's real. I believe he's a rapist. And to quote him, a successful one. And you believe it because he has admitted to several times that he likes. So this is my thing about this. Um, Number one, I have no problem believing that what he said on the podcast from years ago actually happened. It just doesn't, what I wonder about it, it just doesn't seem like something you would joke about. What I what I wonder about people, and I'll say this and then I'll come back to something on the other on the other side of it. What I wonder about people is how they differentiate in things. Mm. Right? If he had been on that podcast and he had said, um, you know what, when I was uh thirty-one or 32 years old, like I molested one of the kids that I was caring for under my mentorship. Like I got the kid, took them back wherever, and over the course of time, groomed them and molested them. And blah, 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 blah. And or I look at child porn 
or anything like that. And he said something like that. People would be, well, well, there wouldn't be an apology sufficient enough to make people think, hey, this guy didn't do this. It's mm-hmm. such a third rail in society and in talking that people would be like, well, now what, why the fuck would you make that up? Like, why in the fuck would that be something that you would say to a course of laughter? Like, why mm-hmm. is that a thing? You know? And when I've had conversations about about this with people, I've said that. I'm like, well, there are things that he could have said that <laughs> you guys wouldn't have believed that he was playing about. You know, and I don't know whether or not he was playing about this or not, but I do know that there's no reason for me not to believe it is what I'm right. saying. Right. Right. Um, like if it's a bunch of straight guys sitting around, right? when we talk about things that really shock us and one of them goes, hey, you know what? When I was in the military or when I was at boarding school, I jerked one of my uh, roommates off or I sucked his dick. There's no way the guys in that room are going to not believe that that happened. Be like, why are you joking about that? Like, that's something that's so shocking or such a big deal to them. Why are you joking about that? So, but like raping a woman is something you can just say and people go, oh, that didn't really happen. It's not, it never really, that didn't go down. Like that, that's just something that somebody would make up and it's kind of easy to dismiss in that way. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I bring those things up is because a lot of these things don't have to do with the people. It has to do what people think, with what people think are acceptable proclivities. What people think are accepted fantasies or kinks or whatever. And the reality is that he's not the only guy that gets off from watching porn where it doesn't quite look like the women don't want it. Sure. I'm sure Watch a not. lot of porn. I, I, or I used to watch a lot of porn and a lot of the porn is, uh, has to do with sex that's either rough or sex that's borderline forced or, uh, you know, especially as people get desensitized to things, a lot of it has to do with that. A lot of it has to do with throwing somebody up against a wall or it's like even those pictures that you see. It's like they have these pictures on the Internet and it'll show a woman. And she'll be in a top and just like in wearing no bottoms or something like that. And she'll be in the kitchen and, and you'll be like, you know, what you going to do if you if you come in your kitchen to cook? And this is your girl. You come in your kitchen and your your girl's friend is in the in the kitchen looking for something like this. And she doesn't have any bottoms on or whatever. Like, what, what is would this you on? Do? This is porn? You just see it all over. No, it's oh. not porn, but you just see like memes. Like okay. you I've walk into that. a room and your girl, well, we, we're in different places than, than, on the internet. You you walk into a, a room and your girl's best friend or her sister is playing video games. And it's a picture of a naked girl playing video games. Like, what are you going to do? And you know what I'd be thinking? Nothing. What you mean? What am I going to do? <laughs> like what? Like what? She what, like nothing. Like what? Like am I, she's in there playing video games naked? Could be a bunch of reasons why. Am I entitled to her body? Like what? Like what? Like, like nothing. <laughs> like like nothing. Mm. So and what I'm saying is that is like in places and spots like this, that's a lot more common than you think. And there are probably people that look at it as a purely and righteously defendable kink. Well, clearly. Had to, 
you know, I mean, and I bet if we had people on here, like the question would be, if this guy has a fantasy like this, if this guy has, uh, uh, if this is what he likes, um, is that a kink that's acceptable or not? You know, is that a kink that's okay? And in that, from that, from that, and the reason why I say this is from that point of view, is Stephen Young laughing at that kink? Is that in is that as bad as it seems? Is a question. I think so. I think it is, and I think that any one most women would say that it is, and it's acceptable, or it's in some circles, or it's okay because of how women are valued in this society. And it's like, oh, it's like not that big of a deal, or oh, it's just a kink. And sexual assault is real. Like, look at what you're glorifying. Look at what you're like. This happens to so many people. And then also the fact it's not just that it happens. It's that it happens. And then these people aren't believed. And and that is showcased in, in the whole David of it all. The David show of it all. So it's it's just the way Like, if it was reversed, I don't think it would be acceptable. I don't even think it would be a question. Before we leave. David Cho, uh, Stephen Yun, Beef, the entire show. Have you watched it or no? No. Do you feel comfortable watching Beef now, knowing everything that you know about the entire situation? It's tough because I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious. I wanted to watch it before. I'm extremely mm-hmm. curious to watch it. I hear it's great. And, you know, a part of me is like, well, is me watching it really making that big of a difference or a stance? I don't know. I'm conflicted. So I haven't pressed play yet because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel right supporting it. um, Knowing because I I waited to watch it. Right. I didn't watch it before. Mm -hmm. So knowing what I know now, I don't feel right. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched it. A lot of people probably agree. All right. uh, Let's talk about reparations real quick. Wait, Uh, before you do. Before you talk about reparations, I just want to say that CNN PR put out a statement that said this. Don Lemon's statement about this morning's events is inaccurate. He was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead released a statement on Twitter. Hmm. Don's out here showing up. Wait, this, Don, this, this is going to get messy. Don, this is going to get messy. There's no 100% way. It, 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 this is going to get messy. This is going to get messy. There's no way that this doesn't get messy. Like Don, it already not is. Around. Yeah, it's, this is going to get messy. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes. All that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, 
nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Reparations. Every time we talk about reparations, uh, assholes get tight. <laughs> assholes tighten up when there are discussions about reparations. People, their assholes pucker up. You start to people, everybody gets a little bit upset when the conversation is around what black people are owed. Uh, now, some people don't think it's black people that are owed uh, reparations, Rachel. Some people think that it's, it's, <laughs> it's more than just black people. And one of those people happens to be Ohio Senate candidate Bernie Moreno. He's a Republican that's looking to challenge in Ohio. He's challenging Sherrod Brown. He suggested that white people, whites, should get some reparations. Check out what Bernie had to say. Then it made me think of what were the people that came before us. And we stand on the shoulders of giants, don't we? We stand on the shoulders of people like John Adams and James Madison and Alexander Hamilton and George Washington that this group of people that took on the largest empire in history and said, no, we will not stand for this, and won. That same group of people later, white people, died to free black people. It's never happened in human history before, but it happened here in America. That's not talked about the schools very much, is it? They make it sound like America is a racist, broken country. You name a country that did that, that freed slaves, died to do that. You know, they talk about reparations. What are the reparations for the people from the North who died to save the lives of black people? And I know it's not politically correct to say that, but you know what? We gotta stop being politically correct. We gotta call it like it is. Um, yeah, so, you know, go. It's, I mean, it's hilarious. Uh, it's, it's, it's really funny. Um, this is really the point of, of the ongoing conversation about how educated of an electorate we should be in terms of the history of the country, of the country. Okay. The only thing that combats bad ideas, and I think try to stress this on the podcast and sometimes it, we think that emotion combats bad ideas. The only thing that combats bad ideas is information. That's the only thing that does. That's the, really, you have a bad idea, the only thing that, that you can use to like talk somebody out of that bad idea, not necessarily the person, but somebody that might be influenced by it, is information. So all of the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the drive to end the teaching of the history of this country in an accurate way, it's not done out of hate. See, you think that it's done out of hate. It's a winning strategy is what it is. Mm-hmm. It, we think that they hate niggas. And I'm sure that they do, but they hate niggas. And so because they hate niggas, they don't want Americans to know about you know, American history. That's actually not the reason. The reason is a lot more sinister than that. That's a functional strategy. 
if people, particularly young people, because I don't know what the people in that audience, what their demographic makeup is, if people are unaware of what America is and how America got there, then you can tell them anything and they'll believe you. Exactly. And so when you look at something like that, and, and in the same breath to, to make that statement, but in the same breath talk about what you feel like people should be educated on in the country, that's the actual fight. The actual fight isn't about how somebody emotionally feels about you because you're black or because you're gay. The fight is about what you're able to say about yourself and your history in this place uh, as it relates to the treatment that you've received and the, the hurdles that you've had to jump and why it's important to have that conversation, why that conversation matters. And it matters for intellectual reasons more than it matters for emotional ones. I thought that was funny what he said. To be I, I, I mean, it's a prime example of rewriting history. And that's, that's, that's how I look at this whole book ban and pulling certain things out of uh, at curriculum and what can and cannot be taught. It's absolutely the opportunity to rewrite it. I mean, white people dying for black people. That's what the whole civil war was about. And people cheered and clapped. And you say you can't tell the whole makeup of the audience. You're right. But from what I could see, it was white. And it was older white folks. And they were clapping, yeah. you know, good and well. That is not what happened. They had history books. Now, I'm not saying the history books are what they should be, but I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny. Because it's actually happening right now in our society where they are erasing history. So we laugh because we know what's up. But for those who don't, it's scary. Yeah. Um, let's stay on reparations real quick because Dr. Phil had some things to say about reparations. <laughs> I thought uh, he was he had, his show was canceled. I don't know. I didn't know it was still coming on either. <laughs> I didn't know that it was still coming on. But I mean, look, good for Dr. Phil. He had William Darity on the uh, show, somebody, a scholar who I just revere in his study of, um, of the economic si- the situation of black people, economic inequality, and the book. From Here to Equality, which explores the case for reparations, which I'm begging everybody to read. I've read it four times. Four times. William Darity over there at Duke. Uh, he was on What's the show the called talking again? reparations. From Here to Equality. Okay. Um, he was on the show uh, talking about reparations. And this is the exchange between Dr. Phil and Dr. Darity. The first condition is that reparations should be paid to black Americans whose ancestors were enslaved in the United States. And this would require an expenditure of $14 trillion, which would be distributed evenly across the 40 million black American descendants of U.S. slavery. That would be approximately $350,000 per person. If you take $350,000 or $840,000 and you write a check to any group of people, black, white, poor, homeless, whatever, you give any group of people that much money and say, there you go, best of luck, and you come back in six months, they're going to be broke. So whatever reparations are done, that would be an absolute disaster as opposed to 
guidance and help in creating generational wealth as opposed to income. That would be an absolute disaster. Rachel, your thoughts. I mean, who else are you talking about? I mean, he said black and was quick to to throw in some other groups. But who else are you talking about? Because who is it that's continuously asking for reparations when it comes to the way that they were wronged by a certain group of people. It's Black people. You can't throw in all those other circumstances in there because it's Black people who are asking for reparations. So you're particularly saying Black people wouldn't know how to handle their money if you gave, within six months, they would have spent it all. I think, one, you're terrified of Black people. Whenever people say something like this, I'm like, you're terrified of Black people getting this amount of money because of what they can do. Not because of them being spending it off, because of the power that they would have with this type of money, because of the generational wealth that they could potentially create, because of the things that they could buy, because of, as I said, the power that it would give them. Um, I just, that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say about old Phil. Um, I think Dr. Phil, like a lot of white people, they're confused on the reparations issue. I think they're confused. So if you read from here to equality, uh, Dr. Darity, um, they uh, put forth the argument as to why it should be um, the $14 trillion number uh, and what that's made up of. And the explanation for it is that is this. When you use Federal Reserve data to look at the disparity in wealth uh, between Black people and white people, Black households and white households, the net value of property is what we're talking about. That number is a real one. You can look at the net value of property between Black Americans and white Americans, Black households and white households, and there's a number. Now, that number is $840,000 overall in wealth difference between black households and white households. And by the way, education doesn't affect that. The book also goes deeply to, to, to illustrate how black college graduates oftentimes make less money uh, than white people who have high school diplomas. Okay. So there is a deep historical and systemic inequality in wealth between black people and white people. The book establishes the foundation that that disparity is specifically because of slavery um, and racial terror. You can read it for yourselves. I urge you guys to read the book, From Here to Equality. I urge you to read it. It makes the case of not just how black people were affected by um, their limited accessibility to the uh, economic structures of America, but how white America benefited from the economic push that slavery gave to them. And we're not just talking about slave masters. We're talking about shipbuilders. We're talking about textiles. We're talking about uh, newspapers that put in ads for slaves. We're talking about insurance companies that insured slaves. We're talking about the whole economic structure that slavery pushed forth and 
the stepping stool that it gave to America, right? Off the backs of black people that we could participate in. So when you take that number, the $840,000, uh, and you look at it at $840,000 of difference in wealth per household, and then you have that, um, if you just take the individual, that's $350,000 per individual for 40 million people uh, who are black American descendants of slaves, and you have $14 trillion. I think Dr. Phil thinks that we're asking for permission for that number to be true. Mm. I think that's mm. what Dr. Phil thinks. I think that's what a lot of people, uh, particularly white people, and some black people think as well. I think they think that we're asking for permission for that to be a fact. You think so? Nobody's asking for permission from Dr. Phil. I don't think that anyone's asking for Dr. Phil's permission, particularly not Professor Darity, who uh, has a doctorate from MIT. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's asking for Dr. Phil's permission for that to be rea- reality. I'm not asking for, for that from Dr. Phil. I'm telling you that's the number. That's the difference. That's the reality of your advantage and the place that you had in America for the time that you've had it. That's a fact. Whether or not you think somebody would take that money and waste it is immaterial to what the fuck we're talking about. Hmm. Has nothing to do with it. I don't give a fuck what you think about black people and their spending habits. What you think about poor people and their spending habits. What you think about anyone. Nobody asked you. If you give, if you did, if, 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 if I'm already drunk off their <laughs> fifths. Nobody's asking you. And to white America, across the board, nobody's asking you to quantify or validate the amount of disparity in wealth between black people and white people. We're telling you that's the number, that's your advantage, and that's what it would take to fix it. That's the reality of it. Now, will we ever get reparations? Probably not. No. Probably not. But what we can't do is live in a world where we ask for something that we're owed quietly and politely. Y'all keep trying to do that, and it keeps not working. Dr. Phil sitting up there on that thing with black people, with black ladies telling us what we would do with the money that we're owed? Like, I'm not, this is not, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about, I'm talking about money that our ancestors were killed for. It's like a, it's a bounty as much as it, I'm, I'm, so, that's not what we're talking about, G. That's not, we're not talking about that. It doesn't matter what you think would happen. It's your show, say whatever you want to say, but he's telling you, yo, that's the number. And that's the number based upon not my emotions. That's the number we figured based upon the racial disparity in wealth between black and white people. So if you don't like hearing that number, if you don't like confronting that fact, that's one thing. But telling us who we are, we cannot let white people do that anymore. I don't care if they Dr. Phil. They hang out with Oprah, whatever. We can't let them <laughs> tell them who tell us who we are because that don't matter. If you want to take your three hundred fifty thousand dollars, 
and go trick it off on, on a Maybach. That's your motherfucking business. That's your money. I just want to give, I just want to, you know, trying to do as much outrage. Uh, Trying to get away from that. Trying to be a little bit more sensitive. But I sent a video to Rachel that I saw that is one of the most disgusting things I ever saw if this video is real. Even if the video isn't real. Even if it's, it's not. Exactly. Uh, YouTuber called, what is his name? What up, Trey? Yeah. Um, he did a YouTube video or a video of some sort, some type of content where he, you know what? We're going to play it, play the sound. Yeah. For it. I'm going to tell you what happened in it. Donnie, you can put this in after. Play the sound for it, from it real quick. Hey, excuse me, sir. Hey, I was wondering, are you hungry by any chance, man? All right, man, I got you. Would you like a baconator, fries, a drink? Is that cool? All right, what's your name, man? Israel. God bless you, Israel. I got you. I'll be right back, man. Pick one Baconator combo, please. Yeah, look, what's up, bro? Yeah, man, I got you a, I got you a Sprite, you know, here, large fry, got you a Baconator, man. I was homeless myself, so I, I want to make sure you get on the right path, and, you know, you're always able to, you know, get back on your feet. You know, so I, just, I want you to enjoy this. really good all right take care have a nice day uh so in that video he finds a homeless man who looked like he was actively hitting a crack pipe behind the wendy's told him he was going to go get him uh some food or walks into the wendy's buys the food comes out acts like he's going to give it to the guy and then he eats in front of his face mm. and he leaves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rachel. I've never heard of this guy before, this this YouTuber. Not familiar with him. Don't know if this is the stuff he does or not. I don't even know if he had a follow, if like this is his thing and then he, it's known that he follows it up with, you know, in this case, actually giving him food. This is so disgusting and it makes me sick of what, what people will do and the lengths that people will go through to quote unquote be funny or to go viral. This is an individual who was struggling, clearly hungry, and you think it's funny to to first just record him because you didn't. I, I'm pretty sure you didn't ask for his permission for that to record him, go purchase food and then eat it in front of him, and then also say I used to be homeless too. Just making a mockery of this individual, of his circumstance, starts off the video talking about the problem with, with, with homelessness in this city and then makes a joke out of it. It's so disgusting. Like, it makes me sick. I, I, it, it, just, it just does. All for likes, comments, reposts. And here we are even talking about it. But I feel like it's necessary sure. to call out because, like, you can't support this, like, content creators who use people uh, or take advantage of people at the expense of just to be popular. It's just gross. Why don't you use your platform to actually help with what's happening in this city when it comes to being homeless? How about that? Ugh. I don't know what to say. Like, to do something that low down? is Do you have any idea how low down that is? I don't even want to be this mad. Because I don't want to give it that much energy. But that's, you know how low down that is? That's, my God. Somebody, I, I wish, 
all right, let's go. I'm the bad guy. I I lightly it it I'm just no, saying. No, you're not a bad guy, but I just like what is what is this? What and, and is we this? We losing control because not enough people getting tended to in their jaw. That's what's happening. Not enough people were getting tended to. Pop, pop. Didn't happen to me. Didn't happen to me. It's happened to me. And I, I don't have to fight and put my hands up. And I've also had to learn lessons. Hmm. Learn lessons about what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable in the way you talk and you deal with people. And to do something that low down, the only reason why you do it is because you really know that there are no consequences. That's true. God damn it. All right, we got to go. Take the caps off with not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Bye, guys. <laughs>